Welcome to Deep Shift. I am Michael Armstrong, and I am so excited about this episode. My guest today is Oren Harris. Oren is one of the world's leading experts on flow, which is the peak performance state of consciousness known for its inherent ease, power, and next level performance. Oren helps high-performing leaders and entrepreneurs tap into the incredible power of flow so they can have a profound impact on the planet through the full use and expression of their soul's gift. Oren, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure, man. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so uh, I, I want to jump, I want to talk about flow. I want to talk about that state. I think it's uh, very important and something that a lot of people are interested in and can help a lot of people in life. Uh, and I also want to talk about just the current state of the planet um, because we are in a, a fascinating time in that we've just got out of a global pandemic, a lockdown, uh, and now there have been protests, the Black Lives Matter movement, and now there is this whole police reform movement. And um, what's your take on what's, what's happening on the planet right now? We're undergoing a massive transformation, probably more appropriately a metamorphosis. And, you know, that's the process of, of death and rebirth. And, I mean, it's happening. It's everything that was essentially in the dark is coming to the light. Things that have been repressed, oppressed, or suppressed are being expressed. And the tension point between what's emerging or trying to emerge and being suppressed there's a tension when you know spirit meaning like our true selves uh is flowing at one speed and acceleration in one direction trying to be born and then that's being suppressed that cross current creates a like a pressure cooker right and you know we're at an explosion point of that pressure cooker you know it's it's no longer uh, incremental now it's exponential you know, it's really felt like an explosion, like literally like um, the, all the protest, like it just it, it felt as though the energy, especially from everyone staying in, indoors, uh -huh. all of a sudden it, it's like it's like everyone just exploded outdoors into these protests. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what's happening. And, you know, on one hand, it's like deeply uncomfortable and it's intense. And there's also something that's really uh beautiful and maybe beautiful is not the word but so awesome that it's happening right it's, it's kind of like you know ripping off a band-aid versus slowly peeling it off over 10 20 30 40 years it's like whatever's trying to happen is trying to happen and one of the things that creates more time in any cycle of evolution whether individually or collectively is simply the resistance to what is trying to happen. So you create that cross current. And so, you know, there's an explosion happening, but there's also a collapsing of time, meaning, meaning the evolution, the solutions, the birthing, the whatever is coming out, whatever is manifesting is now on an accelerated trajectory. So we, we've essentially accelerated our evolution as a result of this. Mm -hmm. And that's a positive thing it only appears to be negative if you're only witnessing the death part of the process, the, the birthing part of the process, the, you know, if you look at it through that vantage point, then it's like, Oh my God, this is horrible. But if you look at it through what it's creating space for, what it's giving rise to, what it's allowing to emerge, 
then it's positive. There's a difference between comfortable and positive. It's positive evolution happening. Massive disruption, but uh, an disruption and even destruction. But when destruction or disruption is happening in a way that's harmonious with nature, with harmonious with the evolution that's trying to happen, then it's actually positive destruction or disruption. So what do you see being birthed right now? Like, what are we stepping uh, into? Yeah, <laughs> we're stepping deeper into unity, right? United in, in, in the place where we are all the same, right? And amongst the unified diversity of our expression and our uniqueness, but the place in which we are, are all the same. It's like we're part of one body, right? And the places where we've ignored parts of our body, just like if we ignore part of our body, eventually it's going to start screaming, you know? And so unity as a state of consciousness connected in heart and spirit is happening. And then the physical expression and manifestation of unity is following that. So this is happening from the inside out and the outside in. So right now, whatever has been out of unity on even like the physical level, on a survival level, on a safety level, on an equality level, on a law level, that's captivating most of the attention right now. But what's happening is that we're healing separation. Mm-hmm. That's at the seed of all of it. If you want to trace, go down the rabbit hole far enough, it's just like the seed of separation itself. You know, racism happening to be a profound manifestation of that. Right. And yeah. so if, if, if we keep fast forwarding and going into the, you know, the future now of like, okay, all right, equality, check, justice, check, safety, check, 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 check. Oh, now we're connecting on a heart, check, heart level, check, spirit level, check, check. Where does it go from there? I mean, I could go beyond that. It's like we become an entirely different species. That's where that's mm-hmm. going. You you see see birds flying in nature in formation effortlessly, many bodies, but they can fly together seamlessly in formation. They could peel off, they can come back together or schools of fish. That's a higher intelligence that represents a future civilization. Mm. But that's ultimately, if you keep building on this evolution that we're witnessing happening, that's where I see this going. Yeah. So we're, we're like, you know, homo sapiens, what a homo erectus, homo sapiens, like we're becoming something entirely different. Yeah, I completely. That's, what's, that's what I see happening. Yeah, it, uh, that, that kind of uh, downloaded into me. I think just last night I was, I was juicing and, you know, while you're doing these tasks, uh, all these downloads come in. And it was that right now there's that split on the planet. There's the old, old earth and the new earth. Right. And there are some people who may just get lost in, in fighting or in just the old earth. They, they may just get totally lost in that. And there's the new people who are creating this new earth, who are creating uh, th- this unity consciousness that you're talking about, the recognition that we are all one and we're in it together. So we should all help each other and lift each other right. up. And, um, and then I imagined even further into the future and, and that either takes over the earth or goes onto another planet and starts that's to exist right. somewhere else that's, that's more harmonious. Totally. Uh, yeah. And I was listening uh, to your, I was watching your interview with Adam Roa that I think you did yesterday. Yeah. Was, um, really good, really uh, insightful and a lot of good stuff came from it. And what I 
uh, one thing that stuck out to me was you were talking about co-creation, you know, with, with um, all the different communities, black communities, white communities, all co-creating together. And I thought that was really cool. Just being conscious of that, just being conscious that, that that's, that's a thing that, that is, is necessary and, 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 and is actually quite beneficial. And from George Floyd, single man um, who was killed, to the everything that stemmed out from his death. Um, I, I always imagine him like as he's floating above his body, just like watching the dominoes that, that unfold, probably just like he's like cheering it on like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. and, and to all these dialogues and conversations that are happening, uh, and, and then it hits me and I, I realized that, you know, the majority, actually all of the guests that I've had on my program have been white. And I was like, you know, <laughs> it made me. It made me think. Like, okay, I should be co-creating. I, I should be reaching out. So I reached out to all my friends and asked, "Hey, uh, do you know any black influencers, spiritual influencers who just like have a great perspective?" And uh, my good friend Daniela uh, connected me to you. Uh, and oh, yeah. she's lovely. Yeah, yeah, lovely. and she she's a, a very magical being on this planet. Yeah, and um, it's it, it's it's interesting because it's something that I didn't really think of, but because of all the energies that are happening on the planet. You know, I haven't been to many protests. I haven't really gone out, but um, it, it is affecting me on a certain level. And and I'm curious, what, how is it as a as a black man, as a, a spiritual influencer, you know, a flow state uh, uh, leader? What is it like for you? You know, that's an interesting question because I have more to say about that now than I would have even before all this happened. Because my, my natural state of being, being a teacher of unity, being a uniter of things and people within themselves, within communities, within things that seem different or opposite, um, that's who I be. That's how I live. And so because of that, um, in my life in general, you could say I've been lucky, I've been blessed, I've been, you could look at however, I haven't experienced a lot of feeling like a victim which is different than being victimized. I have experienced racism and it doesn't feel good. And my response to that, my disposition is one of, I am a creator. I'm connected to the creator. I am supported, I am safe. I, so that power has awakened in me a long time ago. And so my experience as a black man in a racist world has not been one of direct suffering meaning meaning feeling victimized but i'm incredibly empath empathetic my heart is bottomless and i feel the depth of the grief the pain the anger and the rage and so it is it is personal to me in that sense and so during this whole upheaval i've prim my primary experience has been one of being in devotional service feeling the heart of the planet, feeling it in my heart and my body and feeling my spirit being like a spiritual fire, you know, which is riding the leading edge of that, those tension points as telling you about death and rebirth. I'm standing, I feel like I'm standing right on the edge of the death and rebirth. And so I've mostly been on fire, you know, um, I, I do have an incredible reverence and respect for black people, obviously, you know, or maybe not obviously, and and a, a fire specific to that and being in service to that and to equality. 
And what's driving that at the deepest level is unity. I'm like, equality, amazing. Yes, it's in our face. We need to address it and not ignore it. You know, um, justice, absolutely, all these different things. And the deeper inspiration that includes all of that is unity. Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, when this first all happened, I walked by a cop car and for the first time I ever remember, I, like my body like clenched and was like, just for a second. And I was, and, and I kept, I kept walking and I walked past them and I said, you know, Hey, what's up fellas? I said, hello. And they were very kind to me. And I just kept walking and I felt a relief. And then after that, I was like, wow, the, the, it's all perspective. It's all relative. I'm like the fact that I, Orin, based on my history, my evolution, this soul that has incarnated, the fact that I had any hesitation at all was deeply sad, saddening to me. And then I immediately, right after that, felt the, the, the grief and the sadness of the whole entire collective is connected to everything that's happening, you know? Um, yeah. So I, 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 even within that, I guess my acceptance, my love, my embrace, my willingness to be with is what has me not be in suffering. It's the difference between pain and suffering. And so I'm, I've been through a variety of emotions and, and, and I feel a fire inside me and a bit of service and it has been personal, personal to me in ways. And I'm just not in suffering in general, not, not in any regards of my life. And that's just been a result of my own evolution and my own awakening and my own facing death and dying and rebirthing so many times that like I see, I see through it. And so I'm mainly like got my eyes on the prize. Yeah. And, and as you mentioned in, in, in your talk with Adam, uh, there's also the spiritual community or like the conscious community has done a lot of, of self growth work. It's kind of like what we focus on. It's like self growth work, shadow work, you know, all these different workshops and things to, to look in our past and relieve and, and heal any trauma. And um, I think Adam said that now he sees all, all these skills as, as what's, it's like, we are now the leaders to help people to heal. And um, it feels as though that's what the world needs right now. And that's what humanity needs. Uh, all races need, need to be healed from all, all the trauma from the past and everything that's, that's just been kind of trailing us to this point in time. Um, what, what can we do? Like, I, I see the protesting as super beneficial. And it, the voice of the protesters has been so loud, like so loud, that the president of the United States, even today, he's, he's created all these police reforms to you know, have needing certification and you know, a database. So if, someone's, if, if a cop uh, gets a bunch of complaints here, he can't just transfer to another city and have those complaints kind of disappear. Like, they will follow them. So there's some really amazing things that are happening from mm-hmm. just the, the protests in general. Um, what, what can we do? What, what are your thoughts and, and suggestions? Yeah, you know, when I look at, man, this is so deep. <laughs> even thinking about like the root of separation and like even the, when we say I. So when I, like, what can you do? What can I do? What can we do? There, I'm going to start with a distinction. When I say I, I'm talking about one of two different me's. When I say I, I'm either referring to the visible, known, 
resources I have, my, my, my intellect, my knowledge, my wisdom, my skills, my strength, how much money I have, who I know. So that's one I. So if I am faced with a goal, a mission, or a massive challenge, which I is it that's going into the challenge? When I say, what can I do? That's one I. The other I, reference point of I, is my expanded self, my extended self, which includes the human family, it includes nature, it includes the infinite intelligence flowing through me. That's a different I. I'm glad for your question because that's a major distinction in even me, even me answering the question or me answering the question, what can I do? To me, what's just as important, if not more important, in me answering that question is me answering that question from I, which is my infinite self. Because that level of availability and receptivity and perception and awareness and consciousness is exponentially more equipped to approach the situation, any situation, really. And so that might be a, a tall order for some people, but that's the first thing I want to say is that to eat, we can't even measure what, I can't even measure what I can do, really, because it depends on which I am talking about, right? And so the, the, the solutions, the creativity, the intelligence, the downloads, the insights, the support, the, the gathering around, the rallying that would rally around this I, my ability, those resources, that power, we'll call it, that potential is, it's not finite. It's, it's expanding or contracting. It's being made, being made visible or being made invisible, depending on me saying yes to the call. How big am I going to show up for life? How available am I for life? That's, so we can't even, I can't even gauge what am I capable of in terms of solving things or being a, the greatest contribution that I can if I'm asking from my current perception of what I can see that I have accessible to me. That's not a good gauge. Right. So to dial in to more to your question, then what is a good gauge? What simplifies this is that if I say yes to the call, to the movement of spirit, I feel in my own heart and I say yes to that, then by virtue of saying yes to that, I'm going to be equipping myself to do the best that I can. And I won't be limited by myself, my perception of self, my history, the story of me. Right. And so that's, that's where it becomes simple because then when I'm connected to my heart, you know, the, the heart has an intelligence. It knows what to say, how to say it, how long to say it, who to say it to, what you know what I'm saying. So, but in that space of that heart space, there's a, there's a, an intelligence that will simplify my path and that will make me a receptivity and availability to anything and everything that's going to partner with me, whether it's information, knowledge, the proper books, people, rallying, intelligence, enough energy. It's by saying yes to that, that's what avails, reveals to me, uh, makes accessible to me all of that power in forms of resources to do what I can. Is this making sense? Yes. So, yeah. yeah. Um, tuning into the heart. You've mentioned the heart quite a bit. And, um, it, it's almost like um, humanity right now is like entering the heart chakra. You know, yeah. we're, we, we've, we've, we've 
past the animal instincts of you know survival and, and sexuality and power and like dominance over the planet and we've done a really good job with that you know we've, we've conquered the planet and and here we are like we've created a place that's relatively you know relatively safe um uh, but what we need to instill it with is is heart is love is that unity consciousness and it feels as though that's where we're headed right now right and one of the biggest obstacles and invitations to that is the closing the gap from wherever we disconnected disassociated or been afraid of our own self our own shadow we could call it afraid of you know if, if even if you look at like there's a lot of anger and rage because of the disconnect that's been happening for so long and so part of coming into greater unity and coming into the heart is um extend opening our heart to what we've created collectively to empathize to feel to be compassionate to bring light and love into that yes a lot of people are screaming for things that just basic things that need to happen you know in terms of like just like civil rights and equality it's like yes 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 and you know justice without healing makes for a very slow moving unsustainable evolution anyway it's not that it's irrelevant, it's very relevant. If you're hungry or you feel unsafe, then physical needs are gonna be what captivates you. So it's like yes to that and for us to transform, that's happening through the heart. And what we're experiencing right now is the manifestations of a disconnection in our own hearts of not paying attention to a, a, a body, a part of our own body, we're looking at it through unity. And it goes beyond the race conversation. Of course, it's the same thing with animal rights. It's the same thing with nature. We're ignoring nature. But this is center stage right now as the greatest representation of that disconnection. And so, and I may have mentioned this with Adam. I don't know. But, but so one sort of practical way to, to, to look at that is holding space in the heart in particular and getting to know each other in the heart. Because you might say, I understand racism. I understand that's effed up. I understand that. I'm reading all the books. And you may even be like, and I'm speaking and I'm doing things. But the level of transformation, healing, and power is happening in the heart. Can you feel? Can, can you, you know, if you see somebody who's, you know, on the more contracted side of the rage and like it's, it's just, just like, I'm like looking for justice in that way. Can you see that through the eyes of your heart? Mm. Can you see, why is that person so angry? Seek to know, not necessarily endorsing like rioting, you know, or, or whatever, but to, can you see, can you feel, can you see yourself in that person? Because that seeing alone on a heart level, that's really the deepest part of the movement. And so I've been having transformational conversations with white leaders. It's not something I sought out. It sought me out. And one of the first ones I had, um, the guy told me a couple of days later, a friend of mine, a white gentleman, he said, you know, I learned a lot in our conversation. He said, but he said, you healed part of my heart just being in your presence specifically as a black man because I felt no flicker of judgment or separation in you so I could bring my shame and my, you know, unconscious, conscious racism and I could bring that specifically into your space and you could 
see me in that for like who I am. So he, he said, you liberated the shame from my body is what he said. And I was like, wow, that's profound. But you see, that's heart. Wow. That's heart. So now this individual who cares, that's why he was walking around on eggshells. Like, I don't know. I'm confused. I don't know what to say. I don't want to have any backlash. Like, How do I do it? That's the human ego trying to orchestrate the matters of the heart. It's trying to execute on them, but it can't do it in its fullness because everything becomes more complex when there's any measure of fear. And if you're walking around eggshells and being careful, that is fear. Even if it's innocent, still it is what it is. And so, you know, just the simplicity of us having an intimate conversation liberated him from his, from his, whatever shame he was feeling and the result in terms of practical movement First of all, there's a result in consciousness because that's how things work in the metaphysical plane. But there is a practical result because now whatever fires inside of him that's resonant with him being part of the solution and caring and empathizing and being solution-oriented, action-oriented, just who he naturally is, now he's not stagnated. That energy is not stagnating inside of him, you know, which is different than, oh, I'm just being silent right now. No, if your energy is like repressed, it's, mm -hmm. it's trying to be, even if it's just radiating through your being so now his gifting his medicine his heart his empathy is being mobilized exponentially more which would be harder to do if he was holding all of that and then just understanding and just doing be like let me do all the things say all the things be like hey how can i support and i'm not saying that would have no impact but now whatever he's doing is exponentially more impactful and he's doing more because he feels more liberated within himself because you, we don't heal separation through separation. And if you're feeling guilt and internalizing that into shame and are bound up in yourself, then you're separating yourself from yourself. So that's not the answer either. You know what I mean? And so a lot of people are getting caught up into this or that, you know, mm. this or that, or, and then trying to figure out, okay, well, it's this, then that, but, but then, then is it, okay. <laughs> What's the timing? And it's like going back to the simplicity of my answer to your question is like, I would rather move through, be boldly vulnerable, be willing to be uncomfortable and to tune deeper into the heart's intelligence, even if it's less coherent and less, you know, articulate and less mapped out. I would rather move in that and find the simplicity, find the higher intelligence of like, you know what, right now, this is your medicine. You want to know what's the best thing you can do? and not answer that question from what the world's telling you or even from your own mind, tune into this space and be willing to act from there because that's gonna be your greatest contribution and forget what everybody else is telling you the greatest contribution is gonna be. Well, I should say forget it. Take in whatever information, filter it into your heart and be like, oh, okay, this is the, the data that I'm receiving and this is my heart's telling me this is how to alchemize it and put it into motion with my unique gifting that's going to be the best, the best thing that you can do. That makes so much sense. That makes so much sense to tune into the heart because I, I know a lot of my friends, uh, white friends who have been feeling like they kind of need to walk on eggshells. Like what, what do they say? What do they do? How do they share? What should they share? What shouldn't they share? What's good? You know, like, should I share this, this square that's just, just black or am I, am I not contributing? You know, like, right. And, and I love, I love what, what you just said articulated so well about tuning into your heart and just sharing from your heart being vulnerable and not really worrying too much if it's going to offend or if it's going to, because the more we share with our heart, the more of a open dialogue it creates and, and the more we can heal. 
Yeah, worrying about if it's going to offend is operating in fear and separation, which is just creating life into itself. And so even though the worry is like well-meaning, it's like I'm just trying to show that I care. That's why I'm worrying. That's why I'm walking around eggshells from a, from a practical effectiveness standpoint. It's not, it doesn't help. It creates more friction in the field. And if you're in that vibration of separation inside of yourself and you then bring that to the right black person who's in their own whatever, then there's this like this combustion happening that's only reinforcing itself. It's like, exactly, exactly. It's just like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, don't get lost in the sauce. And I'm not trying to oversimplify and not have empathy for either side. I'm just trying to say like the, the pathway that I can see the clearest pathway. I didn't say the most comfortable one is through is through the heart and don't have unrealistic expectations like, Hey, if I'm in my heart and I'm holding space, then that means every black person that I talk to with my heart is going to be like, Oh my God, thank you so much. Wow. Amazing. You know, that, that's not that even that, it's not being in the heart. Because if you're in the heart, you don't have an expectation. You're just delivering what's in your heart. It's not like, if you receive me, I'll give it to you. If it makes sense to you, I'll give it to you. That's conditional. You know, that's where we can be in a deep integrity. And like I said, I understand it can be deeply uncomfortable, especially if you're transmuting guilt or shame, which is its own pointer. It's its own information. Like, what's it trying to tell you? But it's still the simplest path that I know, and ultimately, even if it doesn't appear to be on the surface, even on the energetic plane, it just feels, it's just more clear, you know? It's like if somebody came to me and said, oh my God, I know this must be really hard for you. How can I support? You say that to the right black person, they're gonna get upset, because you don't know. How, where are you getting that information from? Unless you're connecting with their heart. Mm-hmm. And even if you observe and go, no, I can see that you're upset. If you're not actually connecting to that person in that way, then there's no intimacy created. So anything you say or do is not going to necessarily be felt in the way that it's intended to be felt. And so, you know, be, be willing to be uncomfortable. Don't have unrealistic expectations. Don't have expectations. Don't, because that's putting conditions on your, your own love. And don't, meanwhile, don't project expectations onto yourself either. It goes in both directions, you know, and then from that place, we can have healing conversations because, and just trust your intention, you know, and that this, the smoke will clear wherever the smoke is strongest. Yeah. And and it seems like it, it, I just find it very interesting what's happening right now, what's taking place and where the path that it went down. You know, it started as as Black Lives Matter, which it, it still is. But th- now there's this whole other dialogue about, do we even need police? Why do we need police? Why do we need militaristic police? Would it be possible to replace 50% of police with 50% of, you know, just workers who, who you know, go to help answer, you know, drug calls or mental health calls or anything like that? Um, and I, I think it'll continue down the path of, of, well, we need to essentially legalize all drugs. Uh, if law enforcement is taking up a, a large percent on drug cases, like we should legalize drugs, we should um, create some form of open rehab, um, you know, make it so that, it, that, so, so that there's, some, there's some sort of crystalline structure that, that, that is 
And, and the, 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 the more we move into unity, which the heart is one piece of that, it's a huge piece of that, the more we move into unity, the more we take responsibility, the, the natural responsibility that comes from being in unity, then the more we'll trust ourselves to govern ourselves. We haven't trusted mm-hmm. ourselves completely, which is why we, you know, project our power out and we need governments and we need these things in the first place. Yeah. Yep. Yep. There's a... I, I always come back to this, like, um, uh, so I, like, I want to do everything I can to support the black community. I'm fully, I fully believe in unity consciousness. I recognize that we are a single consciousness experiencing this reality as different fragments of, of source of oneness of God. And, um, but I, so, sometimes, yeah, when it comes to, to race-related things, I don't even know. Sometimes it's easier being silent than, than speaking up. Um, as you've been sharing, it's, it's motivated me a lot more to just share from my heart, even if my heart says, I don't know what to say. Like, but, that, that's, but that's, as soon as you say, I don't know what to say, now you're saying something. You're putting something real out there. You're actually saying something. That's a legitimate thing to say is, I don't know what to say. And I think that... And, and this is where it's like when people think they don't have anything to say, they may have already edited or deleted out something that wants to be said without even recognizing it. They might have dismissed that. Oh, me saying I don't know what to say. Why well, might as well not say anything because I don't know what to say. But like the feeling contained in I don't know what to say is you saying something. And it is medicine. Because as soon as you say, you know what? Or I don't, I don't know what to say. Like let's say if there's thousands of people watching and you say, you know what? be honest, I don't know what to say. And so I feel like not saying anything. As soon as you say that, which in your, if you're in your mind, your mind's like, well, don't say anything because you don't know what to say. But that's the mind. But as soon as you say something like that, I guarantee you if there's thousands of people watching, a percentage of those thousands of people are going to be, oh, I don't know what to say either. Mm. And now you're contributing with something that maybe one second before seemed like it was nothing. Or maybe even seemed like I had nothing to say. But that little subtlety there of like, well, do you have something to say or not? Or is there a, a slight filter on there that, that's just having you, it's not registering inside you. This is just the same way all of these white people are like passionately, and there's a lot of them that are genuine about, genuinely passionately supporting and speaking up and be like, wow, this is painful. This is fucked up, whatever. So did that happen? Did that get born in them because of George Floyd or was that already in them and then it got activated and now it's coming I'm saying it was already in them and so this this is a really something that that, that, to, to, to pay attention to maybe and to really inquire into deeper into ourselves from the place of unity it's like even with something like do I have something to to say does this mean what does this mean to me because there's plenty of things that we're ignoring and it's not because we shouldn't not be ignoring them but they're affecting us you know they are actually relevant to us and this is not coming from judgment or shitting on anybody's and you should care about this or that or they i just i'm only speaking to the place where there is actual energy in you that can be shared whether it's just saying i don't know what to say or like i really care about that and i feel like we're closing this huge gap in some cases that's been invisible to people of like wow i care more about this than i knew until i watched the video so that means you already cared about it it's just that you connected with that part of your heart you connected to something that's already been existing forever 
and now you felt it in a way that it moved you to care and express yourself in a certain way, but it only moved you because it was already in you. Yes, and it was activated. It was activated, right. Yeah, there's a, a Dolores Cannon book and where she, where she hypnotized someone, and, and when they were in this hypnotic state, their superconscious started to speak and said that there's going to be world events that take place, and when these world events take place, it's gonna activate certain people. And, and I just see that happening. I see that happening right now. I see that with the pandemic. I see that with, with this whole Black Lives Matter movement. And um, it's, it's a, a really, really interesting time. It also feels as though what you're talking about um, has, has a lot to do with being, being in the flow state. It, it, does the flow state also involve the heart? It, like, it, it, the- it, 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 to- it totally does. It's just, it, it totally is in the flow conversation. If you look at it frequency-wise, then when we talk about you know anger or rage or suppression or or being careful, we're just at the denser part of that spectrum, right? And so when you're in flow, you're just experiencing little to no resistance to whatever it, the flow is. And so this is a flow conversation. So equality, justice, caring, this movement of care is the flow of what was moving spiritually in the hearts and spirits of humanity because we're all connected. Now we're more in the flow of that because it registered to a point because of a catalyst that we're now expressing. So all this energy that's being expressed was like backlogged, backed up flow energy. Now, when you look at on the, the repression side of it, it, it might not sound like flow depends on how you look at the word flow because it's in the it's repressed state. Mm-hmm but it's still potential energy. It's still creation. It's still creative energy. Now, when it goes boom and it's expressed over here, that's when it starts to become flow like magic. Mm. Synchronicity, perfect timing, infinite intelligence, infinite creativity, the miraculous, but it's the same energy. So it is a flow conversation. And that's why it's essential right now that even though we may be looking at things in their density and and permeating that part of it that we don't exclude the magic because if anything, we need more of the magic because the magic is the receptivity and the space and the openness uh, to be the answer to the call that we're in the middle of answering, you know, and not just by our own might, but by the infinite intelligence. And so we, it's not the time to be like, oh, well now it's time to get serious. So we need to cut off magic. It's like, if anything, we need more magic. We need more receptivity to downloads, codes, solutions, energy coming from the infinite through human into penetrating into the matrix of what it is that we're trying to change in the first place. That's needed more than ever. And I get it just to speak to anybody that might argue this. It's not all rainbows and butterflies. That's coming from separation too. That's another version of separation. That's the separation that exists maybe in the spiritual community or in the activist community or in the spiritual activist community. It's like, Oh yeah, it's this. As soon as you go, it's this or that. We're already in the perception, illusion of separation, and really, it's just an opportunity to be humble and be like, okay, my ego, my construct can't reconcile these things right now. But the worst thing to do is then divide them and go, oh, okay, yeah. So oneness, I hear. That's when people say, yeah, I hear you, oneness, right? Well, kind of, and you're just waiting for the go, but. And as soon as you say but, now you're in the contradiction. He's like, but. There's practical matters. Don't hide your head in the sand. There's spiritual bypassing. We're ignoring stuff. 
And that might be happening. But the conclusion is dangerous. The implications of that are dangerous. If you go, so therefore, and it, people aren't even necessarily thinking this consciously, consciously or unconsciously, these things must be addressed separately. And that puts us at a very low level of capacity if we think they're separate rather than I think what's more accurate is that we get vulnerable and be like, okay, I, I believe in oneness and unity and I know and I don't want to focus and I, maybe I don't want to perpetuate this, but I don't know what to do. Like, what do I do with all this energy and, and everything that needs to happen? And once again, if we try to answer that question from the separation from the mind rather than the heart, that's when we start dividing and getting confused and, and then creating, the worst thing we can do is create a belief that they're separate. They're, they're not. What's more accurate is that we are wherever we're at in our evolution and our ability to house two things simultaneously in our consciousness and be in harmony with them. So there's no separation. Now, yes, there are people who are like, oh, it's all about oneness and unity. And, and they're like, they're disassociated or disconnected from another part of their being. Mm -hmm. But then that gives that, don't let that give unity or oneness a bad rap or even the flow. Like some people's version of the flow is like, oh, I'm going with the flow, and that's part of the flow. But it doesn't mean that, well, if you're in the flow, then that means you're going to lack whatever. I'm just channeling from things I've heard, and things, that you're going to lack structure or discipline or commitment or anything like that. Once again, it presumes that those things are separate or at odds with each other, and they're not. They're not. Anyway, I went on a little bit of a rant there, but it's a, I think it's a really – good one. I'm just speaking to all the places I'm seeing and experiencing separation, but it's the same thing, whether it's like, you know, the separation that occurs from being confused and walking around in eggshells. And now we're separate because like, I don't know exactly what to say, but I don't want to be silent, you know, or if I say this, then, then it's taking away from this. If I say black lives matter, then that does that mean all lives don't matter. It's all separation. Or if I'm about the oneness, does that mean I'm this? That's all coming from the same seed. So what's the best way to um, combat separateness? <laughs> back, back to the heart, a dose of humility, which humility to me is not a moralistic version of humility. It's not the false version of humility. Like, oh, I'm being humble. I don't know. It's just actually one way to access humility in the, in the healthy way that I'm speaking of it is to just bear witness to the unfathomable organizing intelligence that is making these bodies run and this planet run and the circle, the sun, you know what I'm saying? Just like, if you just look at that for a moment, then it brings a humility to the eye. Mm -hmm. It's like, I can't even begin to begin to begin to orchestrate that of my own. And so that creates an openness and a receptivity and a humility. It doesn't mean we have to throw away our resources and our knowledge and our wisdom and what we have at our disposal. It means they get to both coexist. Again, there's no separation. And so I think that just as much as we are progressive and intentional and have this fire moving forward, just sprinkle like the obvious in there too. Is like, we don't fucking know. Like, let's be real. We don't know for sure. And we have ideas and we're open. So you can be both progressive and open. And I feel like if there was a, you know, I'm simplifying this, but if there was an awesome alchemy of a formula, it would be that. It would be to be intentional, directional, focused, devotional, uh, utilizing what we have, doing the best we can while simultaneously in our hearts, in our openness, and our receptivity at the same time. And being like, you know what? We don't know. 
that's it's arrogant to think that we 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 know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, really. That, that's and that, that's I'm just painting a really broad stroke there, but I feel like in a general sense, that's the alchemy, and in a practical manifestation of that, it's like then two things can happen at the same time instead of being one or the other. So like when I had a convert, my first uh, really powerful conversation with this my friend who's a white leader, you know, two things got to happen at the, at the same time. He both wanted to support and to understand and to connect and be a powerful support. And the truth is he also needed to reconcile his own sense of guilt. And so I both extended compassion and unconditional love to his guilt, which allowed the healing happen and brought the fire in at the same time, which is the, okay, this is what needs to be done. You want to be effective at holding space for your friends. You want to be more effective at being a leader. But if I get one without the other, is often incomplete. If it's just fire or if it's just doing, it's just like, this is what to do, what to do without the healing, it's incomplete, you know? And if there's a healing and that doesn't lead naturally to action that's trying to happen, not that should happen, then that's incomplete as well. You know? Yeah. And so so the, the humility in that is the surrender. And surrender often gets misunderstood as a passive, weak force when it's, it's an incredibly profound, powerful state Mm. the surrender and the humility is what releases the resistance so we can go with our persistence without the resistance to the best of our ability and that's how we can move forward and that's how we can hold space that's how we can have discernment or timing so now my friend knows that he's not supposed to shut up but if in the, if in the moment maybe it's not the best thing to actually speak in that moment when he's you know in a certain situation but since he's not speaking, he's not actually contracting himself either. See, they both can happen. But that level of discernment goes back to this space that I'm describing now as, as progressive and open and hum humble at the same time. I love that. I love that. It feels very nice. It feels very nice when you, when you speak of that to really, to, to be vulnerable. Vulnerability, I think, is a superpower. And yeah, to, to really be vulnerable and have an open heart while also sharing and, 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 you know, just sharing, sharing what is out there. It's like the throat chakra and the heart chakra connecting at once and being able to share your voice and allow it to come back. Totally. And sharing your heart and, and, you know, is what allows you to connect with someone else's heart, you know, and that's that even people, even if people can't articulate it, or they may just be fixated on another part of it, like, hey, I'm just trying to survive or want this. Ultimately, from a place of empowerment, that's one of the greatest gifts you can offer to somebody. Like somebody who's really angry and, and feeling for their life or feeling for their safety or their well-being may not be able to articulate, like, hey, I want you to see my heart. I want, I want you to feel my heart. But it doesn't mean that deep down that's not actually what they want. Mm. So yeah. we, we can offer that to the world, whether people are asking for it or not, whether they're receiving it or not. And that's really to be selfless, you know, but you can't be selfless and deny yourself because who is it that denies themselves? Deny yourself, meaning like, who am I? That's the guilt that's coming from the self to truly be selfless is to be not be operating from the self, which means you're operating from the true self, which includes everyone. Love includes everyone. It's not like, oh, there's me and little old me and this, or it doesn't go one way or the other. 
it includes both. So it actually is ironically selfish, you know, when we're trying to trying to be selfless. And for the ego's version of that, we're actually being selfish. Yeah, yeah. It's like when 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 people are trying too hard to be humble, it's like, no, you should express yourself a bit more. Yeah, it's fal- false humility is just as arrogant as arrogance. Yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> yeah. So as 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 a leading expert in flow, uh, it feels as though flow has has permeated this entire conversation, um, and it feels as though if one is more in the flow in the flow state during all of this, uh, their experience will be better. What they share will be better. Everything will be better. Right. Um, how how would you recommend people get into the flow? Like, and, and what is what is the flow state? Is that like being being more connected to your highest self, the highest version of yourself? Well, it's more connected to your true nature, which connects you to your, to your heart, which connects you to your true nature, which connects you to nat- the flow of nature, which connects you to your higher self and the infinite intelligence. You know, and, and I think that how is a great question, but even one of the indirect answers to how is to prioritize it. It's to prioritize it, mm-hmm. it you know, whether that acts, whether you're looking at that through prioritizing living in your heart and developing and under, you want to read books under read books about that as well. You know what I mean? You want to understand this on another level, understand it more on a heart level. Like a lot of people are reading books about it. And I think that is, it's amazing. You need to be informed, but also read books or in, give yourself experiential knowledge about deepening in your heart. You know, and the heart is one of the access points to flow because when we're in our heart and we're living from our heart and we've surrendered to our heart, then we've released the tension of resistance between our imagined self, the story of self and our true self. That's what happens when we're in the heart. And even if it's, it's not, even if it's vulnerability and it's uncomfortable, there's still vulnerability. Like you said, it's a superpower and vulnerability. There is still a flow that can happen when you're in a vulnerability because you're not utilizing your energy to fight and to resist that which is, which is the portal access point, one way to say, it, to, to flow, you know? And so I, I'm, I'm saying to prioritize things like matters of like being in your heart more as a way of being, not just sporadically or not just when you have to, to start approaching that. If you want to approach it like from a how perspective, from a wisdom, wisdom scientific perspective, from a hacker perspective, then just hack the right areas. Yeah. Which one is being in your heart. Another one is meditation. Why meditation? Because the same thing that happens in meditation that happens when you're in your heart, you get beyond yourself because yourself is the only thing that really blocks the flow, which is more natural. Yeah. You know, the, the, and once you're in the flow, all of the magic and extra energy and creativity and receptivity, the downloads and all these magical things that happen, it's not that like you suddenly acquired that or attained it or accomplished it. It's just that you've released the valve and you expand your consciousness and all those things are just there. They're just sitting there. They just can't find you when you're confined into your limited self going, this is me and me, me the separate self that's captaining the ship of my life. And so however you get from there to here, and I'm not saying throw away the mind, it's just that when you're in the flow, you're in the higher mind. You're not in the limited aspect of the mind. You're not in the, story aspect of who you are in your mind with all of your belief structures and things that are affecting your life. 
essentially when you're in flow, one of the reasons it feels like you feel like a superhero is because it's like a mini illumination. You have temporarily bypassed your own, not even bypassed in a negative way, but gotten beyond yourself. And inside yourself, all limitations exist within the imaginary self. And so when we get beyond the self, whether it's through an act of grace or wisdom or meditation or our heart cracked open or we're in service so deeply that we're not thinking about ourselves, then our consciousness goes, it just expands to its natural state. And then all of the rest of your resources and synchronicities and information and intuition that is yours, you just become aware of it. You hear the station like, oh, the music's playing. It's like the music is off. The music doesn't ever go off. We tune in and out of it. And so that's the first thing that comes to me on a how is just understanding even what is happening, what is the flow, and understand that from an experiential point of eye, it might be like, ooh, I did this and now I'm in the flow. I, you know, so I'm gaining or losing the flow, but that's an illusion. You're more likely, it's more like into tuning into a radio station and tuning into another radio station. So, that, so that's part of the awakening is to realize that we're not separate from the flow either. So now laying that as a foundation, then anything that you're doing that helps you come into the flow, like meditation, like following your highest excitement or inspiration, because that's the language of spirit that puts you into that more refined, more pristine unfolding of life because spirit has that broader perspective. If you use your free will, your eye, and you say, I'm going to follow that, I feel it, I'm going to now be in integrity with it and act on it, speak on it and follow it, then you're now attuning yourself to the resonant frequency of your higher self, of the infinite intelligence, and that's where all the magic is in the flow. And by that decision to do so, which could be easy, could be difficult, because you might feel like you're dying, you might have to give something up or appearance of giving something up. But that's the that's where the real work is. But then, however you get there, then when you're there, you just get all the benefits of everything that's already happening anyway. That's just life is more is supporting us. You know, it is trying to dance with us. It is trying to partner with us. You know, so I've, I'm sure you could extract some things out of that in terms of following your heart, trusting your heart, meditating, following the frequency of a passion, excitement inspiration of the same high voltage type of frequency. And so right now, one of the greatest services you can do to the planet right now or for the planet is to live at your leading edge. And one of the ways you live at your leading edge is to see what is life trying to draw through me right now at the peak of my capacity, not my imagined capacity for myself, but my divine capacity in one of many ways that that is revealed to you is through the frequency and the language of your highest excitement, it's like you're drawn towards something. It's being, it's, it's being, you're drawn towards something, even if it's something beyond what you've done before, what you think you're capable of doing. If you give yourself to that, you're gonna experience more flow. And I'm just linking that to also, you know, healing and uplifting the planet and giving your greatest contribution. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, 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 sometimes I find myself to be uh, kind of stuck in my mind, right? I'll, I'll overthink things. I'll think things through a, a very mental state of being. And um, what's helped me recently is, is dance movement, like moving my body, yeah. getting back into my body. And yeah, I'm, I'm always looking for ways to get into the flow state. I love being in the flow state. That's it. Everything is just effortless there. Yeah. 
And, um, you know, some, sometimes whether it's the energies of the planet or what's happening in my life or the, how the stars are aligning, it feels as though uh, my energy maybe is zapped away and I'm curious as to, you know, what can I do? And yeah, for me, like dance has, has helped a lot. Meditation, like you said, is also so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Meditation, because you're withdrawing your attention, your life force from the story for a moment, which lets you breathe and lets you release resistance dance because when you're dancing you come into the present moment not automatically because you could be like am i dancing well, okay you say but in general dance i guess what i'm pointing at is what's happening what's the real knowledge contained in it because that's just as important as i think hmm. doing it is it's like the knowledge contained in it well, what I mean is like, okay, if you say, oh, when I dance, I'm less in my mind and wow, I seem to experience more flow. If I'm traveling, I experience more flow. When I fall in love, I experience more, more flow. When I snow ski, you know, snowboard down the side of a mountain, I'm experiencing more flow. What I'm saying is if, if then you go, let me just do more of those things, great. But I'm saying the knowledge is to see what's the common denominator because that's the higher intelligence if you want to really be uh, like – a flow hacker you see the patterns see the source code what is the common denominator in all four of those things is somehow some way you managed to get yourself out of the way you gave yourself permission to get out of the way you you that's that's the real knowledge in there it's not like oh the knowledge is i go snowboard and then i experience flow or i dance that that's not the knowledge the knowledge is what is it happening when i dance that's the knowledge Ah, yeah, what is happening? I mean, I imagine energetically, we can't even really see it, but we can feel it. But if we could see it, we'd see like, you know, discombobulated colors all like aligning into just beautiful rainbow color. Right. So now you're, you're experiencing it, but you're also having a network in your brain that really understands flow on a deeper level. It's like, oh, because you start to understand the construct of the self, which is takes you into the realm of mastery and gets you beyond flow hacker to flow master, which is probably another live stream, but you, you understand the construct itself of the self and you go, Oh, when I dance, I tend to go from I and dissolve into I. So if you want to hack even deeper, and this is what I'm saying is the doorway into mastery is like, well, what is the self thing that I'm getting beyond? Mm. What is this self thing that I'm getting out of the way of? And in theory, if I could do that in a more permanent sense, mm. then I do the math. I would just be in the flow more. And that's, that's what happens. That's more spiritual awakening. Mm -hmm. uh, or I, if I was going to categorize it and and, you know, put language on it, but that's, I'm, that's the thing. It's like, Oh, extreme danger. There's a strong desire and not enough time to be operating or it's dangerous to operate from what I know. So it's like <coughs> presence. Oh, what's happening in presence. Oh, I went from the I to the present. Hmm. Oh, I am the now. So now you're a different I that's what's happening hmm. in, in, in danger. Now dancing may not be dangerous, but if you love dancing and then you give yourself to dancing, you're giving yourself to dancing. You're giving yourself to dancing and to that love and then allowing the express expression of that love and then that 
is just allowing you to be who's the self that exists beyond the self that will you that the, the one who's self-conscious and what i'm saying is that that self is not who we are mm. period yeah that's where we start to get into the enlightenment and like you were saying the spiritual development area right. and that's that's where my worlds intersect you know it's, it's mm. self realization and self actualization so mm. when i help you know leaders high performers express and give their gifts profoundly and impact or succeed at whatever their unique genius is my way of doing that is through awakening and integration mm. you know what if you could who is the self that you become when you forget about yourself because you're you're still a self but who who's that self what if that's more close to who you actually are and everything else is just memorize ideas and patterns that you're holding in your consciousness because that is what it is. It's, it's even scientific. We are, when I say I, is who I am, the collection of my memories and all the emotions associated and all the, is that, how could that be who I am? That's how I've lived. That's how I've expressed myself. That's what's happened to me. So I'm not saying it bears, has no relevance, but how could that be who I am? Because there's an infinite variations of things I could have thought or believed or acted on at any point in my life. So if I think this and believe this and act on this and get this experience and then say, oh, so that's me. But what if I switch it and I do this? So that's me. See what I'm saying? Neither one of them is me. Those are just choices and experiences and then the memory associated with that. Yeah, yeah. There's some depth there. There's definitely there is. Yeah, we, we, we just went down another section of the rabbit hole, but like a lot that, of what's at the heart of even this race conversation, even mm -hmm. it's not, it's not the love there's love and respect and reverence. These are spiritual energies, but when love and respect and honor and reverence turns into identification and separation, now we're putting, we're fabricating something, we're inventing something which is fine, we get to invent whatever. But as soon as we invent something and then we believe, oh no, that's who I am, and I'm not this and I'm that, and believe it, rather than it being an expression of love, of this, you get what I'm saying? Then that's where the separation, so anyway, we want a little. I mean, that, it, it, what that made me think of was a, kind of a multi-layered approach to, to the current events that are taking place in that like, we are currently identifying with the color of our skin, um, which is, is necessary because there's racism, right. but th there's exactly. also a higher level where we're a single consciousness. Like we are the observer behind the eyes, not the, the genetic makeup of our body. Right. Yeah. There's a lot contained in that word identifying with, and that could be easily mistaken because it has nothing to do with love. Like I love being a black man. I love my people. I have an incredible respect and reverence and honor for the uniqueness of that expression of being black. But I'm not divided inside myself. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like, I don't have a charged identity around it of this is who I am. And without that, I'm like, I'm not a being without that. No, I'm a being and I'm being black. I'm a black being, but I'm a being. Yeah. That that's, in a broader sense, that's who I am. And the uniqueness of this being is this, you know, 
expression of melanin blackness like but I, that's an expression of who i am it's not the totality of who i am right right yeah and i i, I think black culture is phenomenal like it's just there, there's yeah, so we're dope <laughs> <laughs> so dope and uh orin i i really appreciate your intelligence and your wisdom i mm -hmm. love what what you're bringing to this planet and um, is there anything that you'd like to uh, conclude with or, or just share and kind of put out there for the Deep Shift audience? You mean in terms of like how, I, how to find me, what I'm up to, or just like um, closing thoughts or? Just like kind of closing thoughts, um, but then also definitely uh, after that share how people can find you on, online. Yeah, close, closing thoughts, you know, I would say just embrace what's happening. Lean into what's happening. Listen, listen, act, but listen, listen. Yeah. Listen to the conversation. Listen to your brothers and sisters, your black, but listen to your heart. Listen to your intuition and be bold enough, brave enough, vulnerable enough, courageous enough, whatever it requires to act on that. And you will be in a supreme integrity with your own heart that will allow you to sleep well at night and to know that independent of how that's manifesting in the world that you're doing your best. And it will be a profound contribution to this planet. It is a profound contribution to this planet and know that we are all in this together and like life is on your side, literally like supporting you we, it, all of life, even when it seems like that's not happening, it's always happening. So op be open to that, be open to being able to continue to perceive that where you couldn't perceive it before to perceive abundance where you were perceiving lack and to open yourself to be a receptivity to whatever the unique flow of abundance is based on your own mission, goals, desires for yourself or for this planet, just open your heart to receiving that and to give your heart to the world and to know that ultimately it may be deeply uncomfortable at times and scary, but in the end, the safest place to be is deep within your, your, your own vulnerability in your innocence that's ultimately the safest place to be be discerning on your boundaries on your actions on where you choose to spend time with and who yes and you know keep yourself safe on a practical level but just know internally the safest space inside yourself is right deep in your vulnerability right deep in your innocence in that space where the deep trust exists and so let that deepen in you and share that with the world. Mm. Beautifully put. Thank you for that message. Yeah, my so pleasure. How can people get more Oren? <laughs> so I'm all over Instagram, you know, Instagram at Oren Harris, O-R-E-N-H-A-R-R-I-S. My website's orenharris.com. Um, I'm on, web, uh, on Facebook as Oren Harris. I do live streams on Facebook. Um, I post a lot of content on Instagram. You know, I, I'm a coach. I work with leaders and high performers and those who are devoted 
to bring forth their genius in the most profound way possible and truly like living this life as an awakened being. And so I, I do coaching. I've got uh, programs. I've got my O experience. Um, many ways that I serve, you know. I'm also an artist. It's fun little fact. Um, what kind of art? What's that? What kind of art? Um, I, I do spoken word poetry. I'm a magician. I'm a dancer. Sweet. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, that's what I'm up to. That's how you can find me. And um, yeah, I'm just happy to be here and be of service and be connected in this moment, even with you right now, you know? Yeah, likewise, likewise. Uh, and, and I recommend everyone check out Oren. Uh, his social media is awesome. It's very positive. Uh, and go on his website. I think it's on your about page. If you scroll to the very bottom, there's a video of you just like smiling at the camera. And oh, yeah, yeah, we put, yeah. It's so good. I, was, I looked at it today. I just like, got like filled with love. It was just very nice, very nice. Uh, so yeah. check that out too. And I'll also include links to all of your social media profiles oh, awesome. in the show links. So if you're listening or watching, you can see that in the show links. You can just tap it and connect with Oren. Uh, Oren, thank you so much again. This is a lot of fun and very insightful. Mm, my pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me. Um, it's been a joy and a pleasure. Yes, likewise, likewise, likewise. Uh, and yeah, thanks so much. And thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Deep Shift. I will see you next time. All right. Peace, everyone. <laughs>